Recently, in an eviction drive in Assam, two people died. But why should people die in an eviction drive? And who is responsible for it? Hello everyone and welcome to the Right Views Podcast, a podcast about innovative perspective on capitalism, democracy and geopolitics. I am Prasanna Naidu, lawyer and founder of Budding Lawyers with Rahul Devgar, investor, lawyer and author of the book Subverting Capitalism and Democracy. So this eviction drive we are, we are talking about happened in Assam's Darang district, uh, which took a violent turn, leaving two dead and several injured. After clashes broke out between the police and protesters, and there was a video which went quite viral or, or which took a lot of attention in this, especially in social media, uh, which showed a protester armed with a lati being shot by a policeman. and then jumped on and stomped by some civilian so that was a kind of a very uh, disgusting video so let's talk about this drive eviction drive which happened in uh, sipajhar in assam what was it about the eviction drive was aimed at removing illegal encroachers to free up government land for landless indigenous communities okay and this area this is the area where primarily bengali speaking muslims live now uh, such uh, eviction drives are not new right uh, it used to happen even before the current government uh, came to power there uh, obviously people must not die in such eviction drives but uh, in this episode let's talk about the root cause which i feel is the root cause and to find out the question which comes to my mind is where like from where did so many bengali speaking muslims uh, come from uh, right or uh, why do some areas of assam have such huge bengali muslim population so rahul sir now uh, before you dive in uh, let me analyze this from what i know and what i have read about right um and then obviously uh, we will move on to you to get a bigger picture and a better picture to understand this better right so let's yes. first yeah um so let's first uh, look at the history a bit so even before the mughal empire like there were many hindu kingdoms and then also buddhist kingdoms which ruled these areas throughout india and if i'm not wrong bangladesh uh, the area of bangladesh was also part of the mauryan empire okay which was the largest empire in indian history and then mughal invasions happened conversions happened and a lot of things happened <laughs> and uh, muslim population started growing in india right uh, but i don't want to get into all those things in detail like uh, why certain areas are populated with muslims uh, more and all uh, maybe we can have a separate podcast episode for that also i don't know much about it like maybe we will need some expert uh, to explain us better but coming back to his- history uh, the then britishers came exploited us then in 1947 india uh, got partition into uh, india and pakistan like the, but there were two partitions Uh, like there were two boundaries uh, basically there was, so there was east pakistan and west pakistan so west pakistan is the current pakistan which we know about and the east pakistan is the current bangladesh 
Because Bangladesh was formed in 1971 after a war where India helped Bangladeshi people so that they can govern their territory separately, independently, without any interference from West Pakistan. Okay. Uh, and uh, then the boundaries were demarcated, like the boundaries were demarcated in 1947 itself. And it had disputes because <laughs> where there's a boundary, there's a dispute, right? So, <laughs> so um, we know it very well because of Kashmir and uh, also in Arunachal Pradesh and whatever boundary we have with China. Uh, not getting into that, but uh, talking about boundaries in Kashmir and Ladakh, we have, from what I know, uh, a fenced boundary, right? It's very clear, visible boundary. Uh, okay, I'm not talking about the Pakistan occupied Kashmir, but it, it's very visible that this is our area and this is their, their area. Most of the regions have that visible uh, boundary, physical fencing, right? Um, if we talk about Nepal, there is no boundary. I mean, there is a boundary, but there is no visible fencing over there. So that we usually, uh, we uh, can't say that this is our uh, area uh, and that is their area until the local people know that which area is what, or you have a particular like map of, of that area so that you know. And that's why, you know, uh, people uh, can, you know, commute from here and there, like from India to Nepal and vice versa. And that's why Nepali people come here to work and all that. Uh, in case of Bangladesh, this is not the case, which we have with uh, the, this is not the like kind of relation which we have with Nepal, right? Bangladesh is separate. But still, we didn't have uh, those kind of like visible boundaries, like kind of fencing, okay, uh, through most of the border region. But like, I think few years ago only, it has, you know, changed a lot. And most of the areas have started getting uh, these uh, physical fencing boundaries throughout the boundary, okay. Uh, but I don't think it's still completely completed, but now at least we have uh, that fencing, that boundary throughout the boundary, like most of the area of the boundary is covered. Obviously, uh, governing such border areas, you know, even installing the fences throughout the boundary in these regions is not so easy, especially when it's prop, uh, when uh, there are properties involved, like property disputes are involved, not only between individuals, but also uh, where there are states involved in the property disputes, like state governments, and here there are like countries involved. So it's very complex. And uh, so, yeah, <laughs> this is my analysis uh, as to uh, from what I know and what I've read about um, answering the questions which I posed before. So uh, am I right uh, completely? And would you like to add something uh, which maybe I missed and you think it's very important here also? Uh, with respect to borders, uh, you are right that uh, the fencing process has started, but, uh, uh, you know, the borders that we are uh, discussing in Bangladesh with uh, Bangladesh are a little different because uh, many of these places, there are uh, basically, um, you know, uh, these are plains which uh, which have heavy vegetation so it's inaccessible borders so even though there are like there are many issues first is that in some of these places there are like uh, uh, vegetation or forest 
which are not uh, normal forest like where you go and you can cut down the trees but swampy forest uh, where it is very difficult to access by human uh, you know uh, by people to cross the borders animals however can cross so for example um, you know in uh, you will have something like uh, um, marshy land with a lot of uh, um, mangrove kind vegetation now you will be it's very difficult uh, to cross that on uh, for humans because it's uh, infested with crocodile not crocodiles but uh, uh, these kinds of animals and there are leopards and many other things so people don't cross this but animals do cross this so you will find that animals are crossing over from this side to that side now uh, this is a, along the river there are riverious river and tributaries which are creating this marshy land so you can cross over through the rivers and it is swampy in certain areas it in certain areas it is inaccessible that is one part of the dispute that is one part of the problem the second part is that this partition which happened between east pakistan and india okay was based on religious uh, voting okay now uh, in this um, uh there are two three complications again that came up which is one is the if you you know re, uh, listeners can go and read about the silhet uh, partition the partition in silhet district it's a very complicated process where silhet was a majority hindu but voted muslim and then it got uh, attached with indian uh, sorry bangladesh uh, the east pakistan then and then uh, it was attached with bangladesh later the second part is if you examine the borders you will find that there are rivers and islands within the rivers and there are islands not islands but uh, properties which are owned by different people across borders so you will have like for example uh, imagine a road as a boundary hmm. then a person will have a plot of land which is here which is uh, not person india in, uh, you know india has a boundary on one side of the road on the other side there are 10 villages which are also part of india okay or 10 uh, sort of settlements each of like 20 houses or 30 houses and some something like that now if they want to really these people want to come to india okay because they are indians okay but they are surrounded by bangladesh on all sides okay oh yeah yeah so they, so they have to ha huh. so they have to take a passport to come into bangladesh and then into india they will come as a no- normal citizen something like that. it is very complicated scenario which has to be resolved and recently some resolution took place about uh, 50 such instances were resolved or something and there are still more 50 or more or 100 more still to go yeah so this kind of complication is there to simplify this uh, like there's this border which is very visible like this is india this is bangladesh after you uh-huh. enter bangladesh like after a few maybe after a few kilometers or so there is again uh-huh. a small area like surrounded which is, like uh, which is uh, on, indian part <laughs> yes which, which is, is on all, all sides it is surrounded by bangladesh, bangladesh. <laughs> and then there is uh, inside that indian part is another bangladeshi part oh <laughs> yeah so there are these multiple things so it's like a, a donut or vada mm-hmm. there inside is bangladesh around bangladesh is india and around india is also bangladesh so the bangladesh fellow cannot come out without he has to take a passport to india 
and then again enter Bangladesh. India cannot come out because he has to take passport to Bangladesh and then enter India. So again, it's a complicated thing. So uh, this, they are trying to resolve this. So this is a dispute. This is a, a process by which British um, demarcated this, uh, separated these uh, areas. So there is a big mess as usual. Uh, you see in history, Israel, Palestine, uh, you know, Iran, Iraq, Middle East, entire Middle East, entire North Africa, wherever British and partition two words come together, there is a mess. Okay. Wherever you go, in any country, in any, even in America and Canada, there was a dispute. Even North, like the, uh, uh, what do you call the East Americans before the uh, American independence, the Eastern states and the Southern states, there was a dispute, which, so that's why some of these American states have weird shapes like the Oklahoma panhandle and all because the British, once British and partition comes into one sentence or somewhere nearby, there is a problem. Okay. Right. So this is a problem. Now, uh, what happened was that in uh, 1947, when this area became East Pakistan, this was a uh, sort of a minor area in terms of uh, richness. It was a poor area rather, because there were fam famines across during before that time. And um, it was governed by the uh, establishment which was in Islamabad. And they wanted the dominant uh, control over all the resources. So they went into some sort of a suppression of local uh, people in Bengal. They wanted to suppress the Bengalis. The Bengalis were two parts. So, for in, in if you go back before the first partition of Bengal, by the way, first partition of Bengal happened in 1911 by Lord Curzon, the same guy who tried to partition Israel and Jordan and Israel and Palestine and all that. So, he was part of that partition, problematic partition also. So, 1911, there was a partition, attempted partition of East Bengal and West Bengal. There were massive riots and all these, again, British partition. So, again, there was complication. It had to be reversed in two, three years, five years, I think. So this that was the first partition. So that time, before that time, and you have to remember that Calcutta was the headquarters of British Empire before that. Yeah. Okay. So it was a very rich province. All the uh, sort of uh, trade was going out through Calcutta. And this was a rich province. And there was some sort of a diaspora formation of Bengalis across Bangladesh, even to some extent into Burma, Bangladesh, uh, our West Bengal and around areas. Okay, So you have some sort of a uh, community irrespective of religion. Okay, So whatever the Mughals had tried to do, uh, you know, conversions and all that, despite that, there was a, some sort of a Bengali community of sorts which they wanted to break in 1911, which didn't happen. The Bengali community rose together and they prevented a partition of Bengal. However, this partition actually happened in 1947. And now you had partition along religious lines. So Muslim dominated areas became East Pakistan. Now this area, they had to suppress. The West Pakistan wanted to suppress this area, which was Bengali community. Hindus and Muslims together. 
so they first started to drive a wedge between hindus and muslims within bengal so they tried to persecute the hindus as they are persecuting the hindus and christians and buddhists in west pakistan today they were persecuting the same modus operandi was used that time and the hindus were being driven out now india shares of assam shares a border with bangladesh around uh, the you know where the river crosses into uh, uh, bangladesh okay so uh, silchar district and all these places so the hindus started migrating into assam okay hmm. but you have to remember that this was only the first element of the partition the second element uh, was the persecution of muslim bengalis okay now muslim bengalis also started migrating into india because this is like a sort of a community was of sorts now this bengali community versus the hilly region and other communities of uh, assam and northeastern states this sort of a uh, cultural clash sort of not clash but cultural uh, competitive uh, behavior has been going on for ages it's not like it's happened today but when these bengali, bengali muslims and bengali hindus started coming into assam they started uh, replacing or displacing the assamese of you know who belong to assam mm. so now they are this is the same process of any refugees you know where refugees come in and they displace the local culture mm. and they started forming uh, sort of ghettos or you can call it a, a locality which is exclusively bengali okay, okay. Mm. now this uh, sort of upset the assamese and this is why this uh, it upset the meghalayans also the mizos also the nagas also this this process is going on so and uh, many uh, places in different uh, it's under different names but why don't why don't south bengal no bengal is over populated yeah it is over populated so they will go where uh, you know you have links where they can go and uh, so this links initially links were established between settlements in assam settlements in uh, you know the border states border areas the kachar district the silchar district these places where where you will find where everything is located where the settlement started now when these bangladeshis uh, persecution reached its peak in 1970s there pakistani military was just uh, slaying all these bangladeshi people left right and center because they did not want uh, they just wanted the resources they did not want the population because now population wise east pakistan was becoming it's a prosperous region fed by many rivers it has got lot of agricultural potential so it started the population started becoming bigger than the west pakistan population which is partly desert and partly punjab which is the fertile plan, uh, plains so the population uh, balance so if you go democratically in, in the uh, pre partition pakistan you will find that bengalis were dominant but they didn't want that so they started sort of uh, uh, you know uh, it's you cannot call it uh, mass murder but uh, i mean it was mass murder you, you cannot uh, it was not any particular uh, you cannot say that it was using any particular me- metric or something it's not like a 
that they selected Jews and all that. They just indiscriminately started uh, acting against all these people. And uh, in that process, millions of refugees came into India. In uh, Bengal, in Assam, every place, including Orissa and borders of uh, Bengal and Orissa and all these places, there were a lot of refugees. And therefore, when the uh, uh, Bangladesh war happened and uh, Bangladesh was liberated, some went back, but others did not. And the power structure that Pakistan has left in Bangladesh continues its operation of in, you know, Hindus and other uh, in this place. Secondly, Bangladesh was very poor. And it, there was a big uh, you know, developmental migration going on in this place. Now, what has happened is because this post-1975 migration is predominantly Muslim migration out of Bangladesh. Okay. And they are coming into settlements in uh, the plains of Assam, which are uh, the Brahmaputra plains and some of these uh, districts that have been encroached upon now. And they just set up uh, huge uh, settlements of 60, 80, 100 houses with each having about 10 to 15 people. So it's like a 1,000, 1,500 kind of population. And they are very violent. So um, I remember in 2001, I went, I was traveling in Assam. Uh, there was this particular island which was a, in, on the inside the Brahmaputra. So Brahmaputra is a shallow river. I mean, in general terms, but it is quite wide. It is like really wide. It's, you know, in some places it is like uh, 10, 15, 10 miles wide. It's like really wide. You cannot see, uh, I mean, it's very wide. Okay. So there are the islands which form, uh, they are temporary islands and they move also because the silt and the force of water moves these islands everywhere. But these islands, some of them get really big. And when they get big, their settlements happen on these islands using boats and stilt housing. And there was a settlement, huge settlement. And they would, these people would come on a boat and uh, sort of raid the houses of local Assamese and take away cows and sheep and uh, this just forcefully. And police would not go because it's in the middle of the river. If you go there, they would attack. So this is what, uh, and they started forming ghettos. And this was one part of the equation. The second part was the political sponsorship given to them. So they created fake um, ration cards and fake documents for these people, the local politicians, and tried to sort of uh, include them in the Indian voter registry. So uh, when these uh, uh, people uh, were getting these documents, the Assamese people started revolting. And that is the genesis of Assam Accords, that no one before a certain cutoff date, so certain cutoff date migration has been accepted in Assam Accords, which Rajiv Gandhi signed. And after that date, you should not allow anyone, even if he produces fake papers, you should not allow that person to be a citizen of India. And there are special courts set up to determine whether the person is of 
local heritage or he is uh, a migrant and he is sort of gotten in uh, uh, you know particular citizenship by fraud because there is clear distinction everyone knows here the lineage and everyone knows who is who okay so it's not like it's a commingling of population see general migration you know over a period of time what happens is you like what is in nepal you cannot distinguish between the people on one side of the border in nepal and the other side both are the same or related by marriage related by ancient traditions you really can't differentiate between uh, you know it's just that the border between their houses that's all the differences okay this is similar in uh, the kashmir and uh, punjab side border also where the border just happened to be in the middle okay there are families who have relations across these two across the border so these are uh, you know related populations in this case in assam's case they are not related they are completely isolated these are bengali settlements in assamese Uh, area and they are no longer integrated or assimilated they are not like you can't make out who is who you can clearly make out that these are not locals mm. their dressing sense is different their cultures are different there you can make out that this is not a local person here the local persons look very different mm-hmm. look and see not just features but i'm saying their culture is totally different so you will find it, and this is a dispute between indian assamese muslims and bangladeshi muslims who have come and occupied lands in assam it's not a dispute i mean not just indian uh, muslims but whoever is the assamese person they can they can and there are muslims also in, involved and hindus and other religion but indian uh, assamese and bangladeshi immigrants into this area and that's what they want to remove the uh, the settlements these are the illegal settlements which they want to remove and there is a process court has set up these courts uh, for determining whether he is a citizen whether he is a migrant whether he is a illegal alien whether he is a uh, you know resident alien all sorts of things are there and then they will be uh, sort of removed so it is illegal occupation by illegal people who have come in from bangladesh so that's the main uh, genesis of this problem okay but uh, now what is the solution to this problem as you have said that there are courts and all but uh, we can see that uh, it's happening from so many years and mm-hmm. still the problem isn't solved completely maybe uh, the fencing which has been started from few years that will solve the problem uh, up to a major extent i guess but uh, uh, no 50% it will only solve 50% yeah it will not solve the other problem because the other problem is the corruption in which these people are being smuggled into india so uh, there are these mafias uh, which smuggle these people into india with the intent of sort of creating a demographic change within assamese uh, the same process which was tried out in uh, kashmir is the same being tried out in assam and uh, they just want to uh, capture the chicken neck portion of bengal the chicken neck portion of india so which is the bengal and assam bound border so uh, that is where 
the whole uh, crux of the problem is for india it's a geopolitical issue and uh, so it is a bigger problem for india now uh, if you go and check out silhet also there is a silhet accord is there there is a boundary dispute which some of these villages should have been part of india but they are part of bangladesh and then their demographic changes happened and then there is a lot of uh, you know uh, persecution of hindus in that area and so the uh, whole issue is based on a complexity of factors coming together but that does not mean that we should not protect our Uh, geopolitical uh, borders, and we, you know, we we can't take this lightly. So, the, the northeastern states, the Mizo, uh, Mizoram, Manipur, Meghalaya, Nagaland, all these states, they are already protesting this influx of migrants into their place. The migrants are in Assam also. The As, but see, so what happened is Bengal is displaced, Assam is Assam is moved into the hills. so there are there is a conflict between the assamese and uh, mizos there is a conflict between assamese and bangladeshis so all these things need to be resolved so we need to get land for our own people that's the whole genesis of anything migrants can't claim our resources right right so uh, as you were talking about this in a, in a geopolitical sense uh, i i was just going into that Mm, incident which i you know uh, narrated at the start uh, when we started the podcast so um, from whatever information we have received now it is like the people who were going to be displaced were around 60 but when the eviction drive started by the police officers uh, there were around 10000 people who gathered these policemen uh, the investigation is in pro- progress but like two people have been arrested um and both are muslims uh, who are to accused of instigating uh, this violence and uh, like there, there have been like uh, reports like there there have been information with, with the police saying that people uh, who were going to be displaced these 60 70 people were kind of convinced by these pe- by some people uh, that they won't let it happen the eviction right and they even took money from these people like around 20 30 lakhs somewhere around okay mm. <laughs> and eventually this eviction happened and uh, that's why there was you know uh, so in, any people any person uh, who has paid such huge uh, amount of money and even after paying that money if you are not uh, your, your purpose is not fulfilled then obviously it will even if no one instigates you you will turn violent right <laughs> so uh, it is not like very simplistic uh, like there was an eviction drive and it turned violent so these things are coming out so it's very complicated and we don't know how what more uh, will come out of it so you were talking about that in a geopolitical sense so uh, maybe it's my like kind of logic that we may not be surprised if Bangladesh or Pakistan or even China is funding these kind of mafias who are doing all these things, right? Yes, they are. They are. They are. That is the whole point. They are doing that. Bangladeshis and uh, 
you know the uh, the separatist movements they are sponsoring this but anyways that is just one part of the problem see what happens is that for example if you bring in and do not uh, remove these emigrants for 20 years 50 years then naturally they have some sort of roots in this place okay so they try to uh, the roots are illegal you have to remove them hmm. but now they want some return on that and they try to protect it any person who is born in that and then you know is trying to uh, gain this you will find that he will try to protect his property maybe they be illegal but he will try that's a natural instinct hmm. so that's why it's very important to prosecute these issues as immediately you know as they arise obviously you can't I, wait 40 but they were two three no they were, yeah so they were deliberately not uh, touched because of political sponsorship which is now being changed and now the political uh, pressure is to clean this area up okay because now the geopolitical issues have become more important and more actually it has become uh, you know now you have to fight against the tide it was not it's not a small problem it's a big cancer now so you have to fight it in that sense and it's not just these 60 this will become a big issue you will have to remove them effectively right away and they will try to create this narrative war against india and uh, you know uh, complications for the government that is natural imagine the kind of uh, complications that are happening in israel palestine this is 10000 times more complicated than that you can imagine this the uh, issues that will arise and israel is very dominant in uh, you know eliminating these areas is very quick to respond we are uh, you know now we are waking up but it's really stupid that the uh, police went in with such limited resources and it could be because the local politicians did some you know uh, management of this in some sense maybe maybe they were not aware like they knew it's yeah. like 60 70 everyone knows that. i was walking in one place okay walking it, it was evening i think 4 3:30 4 o'clock which is evening in northeast okay which is really it becomes like 6:30 6:30 type time and we were just walking then people used in one walk i remember me and shantanu nandi was there with me uh, three people stopped us you know who are you where are you walking they said you wanted to go to look at this market so you don't go there not now go in the morning three times we were stopped once by a person who was on a uh, you know uh, in a car he stopped and he said please don't go there people know this i mean sending this you should have sent up um, you know proper riot police and all that i'm surprised ki you know it's a, such a uh, poor handling of they, they might have thought it's just 60 people but these are all connected okay this is not like a, a simple uh, group that you are trying to they were very violent they the people told me on our told us on our face that you know they will cut you up and we will not even be able to do anything about you where why are you roaming around 
that was the uh, situation so i am sure it is becoming even worse now so why is the uh, police not properly equipped and uh, you know using proper equipment to sort of uh, avoid certain incident then first of all this i like yogi adityanath if you you know hit the policeman policeman will use power and force you and these are these are very dangerous people okay they are not defending their lands they are encroachers and they are trying to claim this land you should clear them off right away but the thing is ki under humanitarian ki under humanitarian laws we cannot just kill them okay that's not a solution so you have to pack them up and send them wherever they came from so that's the only thing and now bangladesh and all they are not uh, ready to accept so they are saying now after you know political pressure they say ki, okay if you prove that they are from bangladesh we will accept so how will we prove that they are from bangladesh we, we can prove they are not from assam or india <laughs> okay but, you know so this uh, is a, this is a problem yeah so but uh, if we look at the issue from a migrants view okay uh, that particular like those people will be homeless and even like getting into another country and all those procedures it will take years uh to you know uh, get yourself some place where you can stay and start your start of your living would that be um kind of justice to them and uh yes that's that's what comes to my mind see if you if in the process of giving them justice you are going to do injustice on your people then it is not fair to indian people okay it's our country and they are aliens okay so they are first what about giving giving them citizenship first of all you know you should not give them citizenship they should be in the see they they have taken that risk okay see i am not against you taking a risk okay and the same logic applies uh, in in the us when they say you know migrants are coming from mexico i mean how how can you allow people randomly into your country the resources of this country are for our people okay it's not general global resource that anyone can claim and you know then your country is also global resource let's let us go there and settle see if they allow it and first of all you have to differentiate ki there is difference between rights of aliens and rights of citizens citizens have lots of rights including right right to property which we don't have a fundamental right to property but we have a general right to property but aliens they don't have anything okay unless it's specifically given if they are resident aliens acknowledged through due process then we can give them certain rights illegal aliens are zero rights yeah aliens are illegal term to like Uh, yeah immigrant. so legally a person in any country is classified as a citizen or an alien and aliens are of different types one is 
resident alien which is who comes in through normal proper channel who has got necessary paperwork then uh, there is another uh, uh, you know transit alien who is on his way to different country but he is in the country for certain time and he is on transit documents so he is not a resident but he is in transit he is a visiting foreigner who is you know for Uh, leisure or such kind of things, and then there is illegal alien who has not no proper paperwork, who is just here uh, without any papers, and he is here. So illegal aliens have no right. They can be jailed. They can be, you know, they have only basic international human rights, which means that they will get food, water, and shelter. That's all. They have no rights. Yeah. And state has to has to spend on all these things too. Yeah. Hmm. Why why should we bear the burden of all this? See, you are talking about uh, you know their uh, rights, their their rights, the migrants' rights. They had a right against their state. So let them find out who is their state. Their state. They can claim the right against their state. We can right. help them with a the lawyer. let them go to their courts wherever their courts are suppose he is a, a you know i'm just giving an example if he is thai person living in uh, this ghetto let him go to thailand we will sponsor him a lawyer you know you fight in thailand court kya i am thailand i am a thai person i should be in thailand or so we will give that sort of support but not in our country you in our country if you want to live you will have to live in a camp you will be in sort of a you know uh, restricted entry exit is not allowed you will have to live there you will be provided with basic food amenities food water shelter that's all that's all our responsibility okay so basically what the government is doing considering the situation and the history maybe it must a uh, speed up the process and in terms of migrants if i say yeah that is the only solution uh, we we can't um, i mean it may be wrong uh, if you just look at it from the migrants perspective but uh, considering the circumstances uh, that is the only solution and you need to find that the is the only solution yeah. yeah 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 we can help them in their country that's the point we cannot you know you can't claim our resources okay right. and general in general india a person born in india gets indian citizenship migrants these particular illegal aliens do not get citizenship if you are a parents are illegal aliens it's a specific case where you will not get indian citizenship you will have to have one parent in india and that is what they are doing they are now creating marriage relations with indians and that is the complication it's going to be really complicated right 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 see they are not in a uh, you know in a special uh, enclosed space hmm. okay they are intermingling with the population right so this is going to be complicated and uh, it's going to be tough to resolve and india will have to deal with in a you know straight forward tough manner no escaping from that
even the dog in your background is agreeing to it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Uh, on that note, let's end this episode. Uh, let and keep track what happens next. Hopefully, uh, things like let, let's hope things go right and the Assamese people get uh, their rights, like get, get their land, get the property, and start their life on a better stand uh, from what they have right now. Okay, uh, and that's it for this episode. If y'all haven't checked out the previous episode, do check it out. Also, stay tuned uh, for a future episode. Subscribe to the YouTube channel if you're watching it on YouTube, or else uh, do follow us on all other podcast platforms. Thank you. Bye bye. Thank you.